Are you ready to make 2017 the year you transform your life? You can wait for something to happen or you're actually gonna decide to go, go home after this weekend to do something about that. We all know that we have a very, very limited amount of time on this earth. So let's not have repeated years. Live your own life. Make the choice, make the decision for your own life. Fear is where you develop courage. There's a moment going, holy crap. All right, I'm gonna do this now. The Wellness Breakthrough is coming. And so you actually have that choice every single morning, every single day, every single moment to decide whether you're gonna live it to the fullest or not. Join myself, Marcus Pierce, and the Wellness Guys, Damien Christoph, Lawrence Tam, and Brett Hill for two nights and three days of transformation at the Country Place. 10 acres of breathtaking rainforest in the Dandenong Ranges of Victoria. February 17 to 19. It's each and every single one of you are gonna support each other in your journey, whatever that journey is. Couples discounts available, limited spots remaining for all information and to watch the spine chilling video, go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favorite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Brett Hill, and this week I'm joined by a very special guest all the way from the mountains of Colombia. Her name is Catalina Monsalve, I hope I pronounced that right, and she has a fantastic blog. She lives in a homestead in the mountains of Colombia with her husband, four dogs, 20 chickens, five geese, and two cows. They have a diet of high-fat, low-carbohydrate, primal diet, and has been curing her the acne which she had for 10 years. She's got lots of information on homesteading, recipes, health, beauty, and so much more. So, welcome to the show, Catalina. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really, really happy to be here. Ah, it's exciting to have you on board. Definitely our first guest from Colombia so far, Catalina. So, we're, <laughs> we're slowly moving our way around the world with the paleo diet. It's great. Yes, yes, a really amazing thing. And it's funny when you were talking about all the animals, we actually have introduced now goats as well. Oh, wow. So it just keeps on growing. You got to yes. watch those goats. They can be a bit cranky sometimes and they, they eat your clothes sometimes. You got to keep an eye on them. Yes, they're crazy. They have the, the most colorful personalities of all the animals <laughs> in the farm for sure. <laughs> all right, Catalina, you've got a great journey. Obviously, you know, coming from the mountains of Colombia, a very different experience to what many people listening to this show will have experienced. Um, but you had some issues there with, with your skin in particular, but also the rest of your health and, and were able to make some changes and, and really resolve those issues. So tell us a bit about your story, Catalina, how you got to be where you are today. Okay. Well, when I was 17 years old, I got a really bad break out of acne and it just happened all of a sudden. And I wasn't really sure what it was about. I thought maybe it's just a little reaction, but the acne just kept on getting worse and worse and it just didn't go away. And I had it for 10 years, the acne. It was really, really uh, bad. 
And I tried so many things. I went to see a lot of different dermatologists. I tried taking a lot of different antibiotics and different over-the-counter products, basically everything. And I always kind of felt that diet was a big part of it. But I grew up thinking, you know, fat is bad and avoid things like lard and butter. And so I wanted to heal my acne through following a healthy diet, but I was just doing all of the wrong, all the wrong things. So I was having lots of cornflakes with banana and skim milk. And of course, I didn't notice an improvement on my skin. And then a few years ago, just by chance, looking through recipes online, I came up with a paleo recipe. And then I had never seen the word paleo. I didn't know what it was about. And then I started looking at recipes and I found that a lot of people had great success healing their skin with a paleo diet. So I read all about it and as much as I could in that moment. And the next day I started following a paleo diet. And it was it was very interesting because I came from following a vegetarian diet for a while. I tried a vegan diet for a while as well. And they were really, really bad for my health and for my skin. So once I started following a paleo diet, I started noticing, this sounds exaggerated, but just the next day, my acne was just less red in the morning. And I think anybody that struggles with acne knows how hard it is. Just you wake up in the morning, first thing you go and see your skin. If it's red and inflamed, you're just set for a bad day almost and so it was uh, an amazing difference I noticed and then over a few months just I started seeing how my skin cleared up so much and not only that but I started feeling just a lot more energized and it just I started from there and then I learned more and more about um, the importance of fat in the diet and when I started eating a lot of fat and all of these fats that I had been avoiding for my whole life that gave me an extra boost of health and really cleared up my skin completely so that's when I started to make videos on YouTube about it sharing my experience and yes that's that's really where where I am today and from yes from that success of healing my skin I got so much into food and at that time we were already living in the countryside of of Colombia and so I became so passionate about it and we started growing some vegetables and then we got some chickens and started getting some eggs and it started from there then we started getting (laughs) more animals and yeah that's where we are now (laughs) it's just grown into a whole farm it's it's fascinating Catalina you know I'm really interested to learn about your diet when you were younger because you mentioned you know cornflakes and you know, all of those typical foods. So I know almost nothing about Colombia. So I, would, I have no idea what is the traditional diet of Colombia and how much has the Colombian diet been influenced, I guess, by the, the sort of probably, I guess, the American diet as much as anything? Okay. Well, the traditional diet of Colombia includes a lot of grains. Um, we have different altitudes in the country. Uh, so we have different weathers and it's the same weather all year round in each place. So here that at the mountains, we get a lot of grains and a lot of beef, while people that are low on the coast, they get a lot of seafood and more coconut products. So I grew up in the in the capital, and so it's a diet very high in beans, uh, rice, corn, which I grew up eating. They were my main food groups, as well as some animal protein, but... They didn't really affect me badly, but when I became about maybe some 
maybe about 15, 18 years ago, then all the genetically modified foods arrived. And well, I grew up eating a very healthy diet, what I consider healthy now, although it was more just higher in carbs than what I do now. But definitely there were a lot of processed foods that became a lot cheaper. So when I was a little girl, there were a lot of imported foods, but they were not so easy to get and they were a little bit pricey. But then in my teenage years, they were very, very cheap. And then we had all this marketing on TV that canola oil is healthy and that all these fat-free things and low-fat things are, are the best for health. So then that's when my diet started to change and I started eating different from the rest of my family. So my family was having uh, sausages and bacon and eggs for breakfast and I was having my cornflakes thinking, hmm. here, I'm doing the, the healthy thing. Yes. Yes, but definitely it's been very influenced by the American standard diet. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting, we, we think about those, that sort of traditional diet of grains and corn, but you know, how long do you think in, in Colombia that people have been eating in that way for? I mean, when we look obviously from a paleo perspective, we're suggesting that maybe they weren't always eating that way. So, when we talk about the, that historical diet, you know, how long have they been doing that for in Colombia? And do you think that perhaps people, Colombian people maybe deal better with, for example, something like corn than others may do? Yes, yes, definitely. I think that that's a thing. I mean, my husband is Irish and he can handle, for example, gluten much better than I can. Wheat, we didn't really, Mm. I didn't grow up eating a lot of wheat in Colombia. Uh, When I eat corn, beans, rice, occasionally, sometimes I like having some of them and just because we grow them in the garden and so... They're perfectly fine with me. Uh, Something very interesting, though, is that most of the rice, really all the rice you get in Colombia at the moment is GMO. And also the grains are GMO and heavily processed now, the corn. And so arepa is a huge thing. It's a huge part of Latin American cuisine. And in Colombia, people eat, most people eat arepa every day, which is like a little pancake made of corn flour, some butter, and maybe milk or water. And that's it. And I used to eat those every day. And a short time ago, I tried making one. Of course, the flour has been already processed. Mm. And I couldn't believe the the bloating I got afterwards. I just felt like I had eaten a whole brick, just this heavy feeling in my stomach. It was really, really bad. Um, However... We have the garden here, and so we plant some corn as well. And recently that we got some corn, I thought, okay, let's have an arepa made with this fresh organic corn, and it's completely different. So mm. it agrees with me. There's no bloating. There's no sickness. So it's really, really incredible to see the difference. And the same with with dairy, which is a bit of a, a, bit of a gray area, really, in the paleo diet, but um, again, with dairy from the store doesn't really agree with me but uh, we drink here fermented dairy from the cows and from the goats and Mm. there's no problem yes yeah it's interesting isn't it we start looking at you know how much of it is to do with these foods that perhaps we're not 
evolved or designed to eat and and how much of it is actually to do with how much we've changed and processed and altered those foods you know what one of my good friends here in australia cindy o'meara who's a, a nutritionist uh just recently released a documentary called what's with wheat and she really went into you know what we've done to wheat and, and how different it is from the original you know einkorn wheat that was around you know a long time ago uh, that, that perhaps yeah. people deal with so much better than perhaps the modern wheat we've got today. So it's really interesting to hear you talking about and, and testing and, you know, have a really real-life example of how it can yeah. be so different to have that natural homegrown stuff versus the processed GMO stuff. Yes, I, I agree completely. And all this passion for food that got me all into the farm and the land and how the food is produced really has opened my eyes to the way food is produced today. So all these grains, we have some places around here, the farm that produce massive amounts of corn. And it's really awful to see it's just they grow corn all the time. So they're growing the same thing all the time. And we see the workers coming, spraying all these awful things as well in the crops. And it's just a very unnatural thing. It's really not how how we were supposed to do it. <laughs> so, Catalina, I'm interested in hearing more about your experience with the vegetarianism and veganism. Um, you know, what was it that made you go in that direction? Was that an attempt to cure your skin as well? Yes, yes, that was a way to cure my skin. Uh, there's so much and that we hear that, you know, animal products are really bad and if you want to clear up your skin, it's all about clean foods and there is this, misunderstanding that clean eating and clean food means just like fruits and vegetables as if great quality animal foods are not clean so it's a crazy (sighs) thing like that so i started following a vegetarian diet it started gradually just really things that you hear and you go to a supermarket and usually the things that are labeled as healthy are things that are fat free things that are low fat things that are let's say vegan, that type of thing. And also the labels here in Colombia are not as regulated as they are like in the US, for example, in the UK where we used to live before. So people here can put on the labels healthy or completely natural. And it's really misleading. You don't really know what that means. But so yes, just what you see really in the stores and all the advertisements show you granola bars and all these things that's the healthy thing so yeah it was an attempt to cure my skin and then since it wasn't working really very well I thought okay well let's try the vegan diet I had read a little bit about it but I only did that really for about a month or something it was really just made me very weak and my acne was completely out of control then and when I was following a vegetarian diet as well I found that my acne was always worse and everything you I I would read about it and all I could find was oh it's just a detoxing phase Mm. it's just the body detoxing but I was thinking really how long am I going to be detoxing here for and I mean interesting when I when I change my diet the acne goes away so it doesn't really make sense that um I'm really toxic now and my skin is clear (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you're not toxic with the diet you're eating now. So so clean, so natural. It it just sounds beautiful. Um, so aside from the skin, um, you know what? What else did you notice on that vegan vegetarian diet? Like in terms of energy, health, inflammation, yeah, all those sort of things. Yeah. Well, a lot of inflammation. My my acne was very very red and very painful. And something that was very interesting was that my my wedding and engagement rings were just 
always tight, just a little bit tight around the finger. And when I change my diet, my rings are now, they just come off easily. <laughs> and so I think it has got to do with inflammation. And it's just interesting to see old pictures, how I always was quite puffy on my face. And But when I was eating a, a vegan diet, I felt very weak physically. I just couldn't. I love working out. I love doing some yoga and going for walks with the dogs. And I really didn't feel that I had much energy and really... I was very upset about my skin, but then when I started losing quite a bit of hair, that's when when I was like, okay, well, this this has to stop now. <laughs> so that that was yeah. when I yeah yeah that's a that's a pretty fair indication. Things aren't going as well as they should be. Um, yes. yes. So, so let's talk about what you do now, Catalina. I'm really interested in um, you know what sort of paleo diet that you eat and and how you do that in terms of growing it yourself. You know, how much of your food that you eat do you grow yourself? How much do you buy from the shops? Where do you buy it from? Is it from the markets or the supermarket? You know, what do you do now? Okay, well, the vegetables we eat, they are all grown by ourselves except for tomatoes <laughs> because the, the weather here that we have is just a little bit cold for growing tomatoes. So we go to the supermarket maybe once a week or once every couple of weeks and I buy a lot of tomatoes because I love them but when it comes to herbs and greens uh, root vegetables so squash um, all that is grown here on the farm and we also like to grow just extra things like even things that we don't eat much like beans and uh, potatoes and corn all of this gets used for for pigs or for other animals so we like having a large variety of, of food in the garden. Really, all we buy really from the store is uh, tomatoes. And then when it comes to, to meat, we have our own chickens here for eggs and also our own chickens for meat. Um, we tried having some rabbits sometime, but then <laughs> this was funny. We started reading that uh, apparently sometimes in the past, some uh, Native Americans would have times in which they can find a lot of food except for rabbit mm -hmm. and the weird rabbits and rabbits are very low in fat and they had this thing called rabbit starvation and some people would die because they weren't getting they were not getting enough nutrients and so my husband was like oh no my goodness i don't want any rabbits so <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have rabbits after that but we have pigs as well and we have three pigs that we got recently for the first time, and actually last last Sunday we we slaughtered our first pig. So we have now a freezer full of lots of pasture mm -hmm. pasture raised pork, really lovely, the best pork I've tried in my life. And yeah, that's what we do. And we have a couple of cows as well for milk. All the milk, we don't really drink milk, but we ferment it. We make ke a kefir with it. We make butter and yogurt. And we also use some of that milk to feed the pigs. And we have some goats as well, which give us lovely milk, mm -hmm. which I use as well for kefir and also for raw goat's cheese. And also we're going to eventually uh, use some of these goats for meat. That sounds amazing, Catalina. I mean, I feel like many of us in, uh, you know, in Australia and probably in the US who live a paleo diet, you know, we, we kind of live this like fake version of the paleo diet. You know, we, we live in the city, we, you know, we shop at the supermarket, you know, we, we do our best to get as close as we can to a paleo diet. But it sounds yeah. like what you're doing is, 
is a far more organic version of that that sounds wonderful. <laughs> I, I just want to come stay at your house for a while. It sounds fantastic. Uh, um, so thank you, yes. How much land do you have? How much space do you have? And how much of your time is consumed with growing the food that you eat? Uh, well, we have here um, 10 acres of land. And we have, yes, the, the garden. I have made uh, quite a few videos on YouTube showing the, the garden. We have, have a couple of gardens at all times. I don't know how big they are, but at all times there is enough food for us and a lot of food for the chickens and the, and the pigs. Yes, it's, it's very easy as well. We have really great weather here. We don't have seasons. So we can grow all year round the same foods, really. So it's very easy. And the land is really fertile. So it really cooperates. It's very easy, the process of growing food here. And yes, and then the, the rest of the place is used for the cows to to eat grass and also for the the chickens and the goats to eat fresh grass. And yeah, that's pretty much everything in the farm. So, so is that like a full time job for you, though, Catalina? Or do you have a day job and then you do this when you come home at night? Like, <laughs> how do how do you maintain the farm? Well, we do have some some help here, and this is something as well that's a bit different in, in Colombia. Usually, people here have farms, and they have um, some people that help them. So, we have some a couple of workers here. And so they help us with heavy work. So like turning the soil for planting more food. I, I, I don't do that. So I get help with that. Uh, we get help with managing the cows, for example, because cows are, oh, they're stubborn and they are huge <laughs> and they are heavy. So they're definitely intimidating. But when it comes to, yes, when it comes to feeding the the pigs, really it's it's about finding a, a routine and we really have found just a way to do it. Really it's like an hour in the morning, uh, maybe an hour in the evening oh. that takes to feed everybody, milk the goats and yeah, make sure the, the chickens went inside the house. <laughs> And so, how attached do you get to your animals, Catalina? I mean, this is obviously, you know, for those of us who live in the city, we're kind of detached from the whole process a lot of the time of growing the food, particularly animals, and then eating the animals. You know, we, we can just go to the markets and purchase them or, you know, we might purchase them online mm -hmm. or we might purchase them at the supermarket. But, you know, you're talking before about, about killing the pig and eating the pig. You know, were you yeah. friends with the pig before? How does that work? Yes, this is a very, very interesting thing. So we, we got the pigs and basically we have certain animals that we know, okay, well, this one is going to be for milk. And then from the beginning, we know who's going to be for meat. So when we got the pigs, we knew from the beginning, um, okay, we're going to eat them sometime in just a few months. And Jonathan, my husband, was saying, should we give them names? I was saying, ah. But let's not give them names because maybe we'll get too attached. But however, we still need to identify them because they do have their own things, you know. So it was called Spotty Girl, Spotty Boy, and the Pink Girl. <laughs> like, without giving them names, but as a way to identify them. And so, because we need to get a vet or something, you do get a little bit close to them. So we go every day to feed the pigs, and they come really happy to see you, to see what you brought. And they are also very friendly animals. And this is also something very new to me almost because I'm used to seeing 
just the pigs kind of being really far away. You don't really interact much with certain animals. But yeah, pigs are very, very friendly, very nice animals. They are very content animals and easy to make happy. And But yes, I suppose the whole time we give them respect and we take care of them. We give them the best food. We give them a nice big home. And we like to leave the animals, let them have the life that they're supposed to have. So we don't want to have a pig in a tiny enclosure on concrete so that he gets fat really fast. Uh, We want them just in a big enclosure where they can be digging the ground and getting dirty and all those things that they love. And yeah, when the time comes to, when the time came, like for example, at the weekend that we knew we were going to do um, this certain pig, the biggest one of all, uh, it was all just with respect until the very end. We always make sure that the animal comes first. We don't want them to feel any any fear or that we don't want them to know what's coming. And we do it in a way that is just like immediate and it's done and it's with respect and it's really lovely as well when we get to eat the food and see just know where it came from and it makes us feel more grateful for the food we are having Mm. and yes so it's a lovely thing definitely is very nice and it makes you feel very like very old-fashioned like (laughs) all these old-fashioned skills yes yeah. yeah, absolutely. And and so as you said, so much more connected with where your food comes from because at the end of the day that that's the natural life cycle, isn't it? I mean, that's a natural state of being yeah. is you know, is animals eating other animals is 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 very natural. Yes. Definitely it is. I mean, that's how like my grandparents and their parents and their grandparents um lived. Everybody had some land, they had some animals and and that is still the way that a lot of people live in Colombia in rural areas. But definitely the more developed a place is, the less you see this happening. So, Catalina, what's a day in the life look like for you? I mean, you mentioned you said, you know, an hour in the morning, an hour in the evening, feeding animals. Um, you know, what, what do you do for the rest of the day? What sort of, what do you eat for your meals? How many times do you eat a day? What does a day look like for you? Okay, well, I get up in the morning and the first thing I like to do is get dressed, just without a shower or anything, just get dressed and I go out to milk the goats. The goats are super, super pushy early in the morning. They're screaming, they want food, they want to be milked. (laughs) So that's the very first thing I do. After that, I go and uh, let the chickens out uh, so they can go out and eat bugs. And then I come inside the house, we'll have some breakfast. And so these days we're having some some lovely pork and some eggs and some kefir for breakfast and maybe some avocado. Uh, avocado is something else that we can't grow here. <laughs> so that's something else to buy. Yeah. And after that, after that we go and feed the feed the pigs and see if the chickens need more water, if the goats need more water. And yeah, checking around we have some geese as well. So we go and check that they have corn and they have enough water, that type of thing, just going around the place. Go and check the garden, see what's ready to be brought inside the home. And then really, really that's pretty much it. And the, the person that helps us with the cows, he milks them very early in the morning. So before I go out of the, of the house in the morning, the, the pot of milk is already there. So yes, and then the morning make some kefir with all that milk. And then I am free to have a workout and work on my YouTube videos, work on my blog and 
that's really like in the middle of the day. That's when I start having some sessions on Skype with different clients. Mm. And I make, I believe in making a lot of food prep. So I like to make a lot of food in advance so I don't have to be, um, that's not something I have to worry about much every day. Perfect. Yes. Um, And then, yeah. And what about traditional Colombian recipes, Catalina? Are there any traditional Colombian foods that you've been able to paleoify and that you've converted into paleo recipes and that you eat? Uh, well, the arepas. Arepas, we made, I made some arepas with yuca, which is also known as cassava root. We made them uh, recently so that arepa is a huge thing here. And like as I was saying to you earlier, made with corn flour. So I was able to make one with just some mashed yuca. You can also make it with some boiled mashed yam and just mash it with lots of butter. You make like a little patty. You cook it in a cast iron skillet and it just becomes like toasted on the outside. And it's amazing with a lot of things. Or patacones as well, which are made with plantain fried in butter. Yes, there's a lot of recipes that I've been able to make paleo versions of. Nice. And have you been able to manage to convince any of your non-paleo Colombian friends to try them? And how have they gone? Oh, yeah. Um, There's a lot of friends that, you know, come to the house and we, you know, offer them the food that we have here and people just love it. People really are interested when they try it. They think that, oh, you eat some paleo diet. What's that? It's not a very well-known thing here yet. So, but, but people love it. People don't notice the difference. I think when something is made with with good ingredients and it's just, it just tastes good and it feels good in your stomach. People like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me about your health coaching, Catalina. Uh, are most of your clients from Colombia or are they from all over the world? No, I actually most of my clients come from the, are in the US and they have found me through my YouTube channel. Uh, it's mostly, most of them are women. And so we chat on Skype and uh, most people, most women are dealing with hormonal imbalances or they're overweight Mm. and they have been a lot of people as well that I coach come from having a vegan diet and they are overweight and they don't feel well so then they say this is something that I get very common is that they say I started watching your videos and I dropped my vegan diet right away but I don't really know (laughs) how to how to start from here so yes so I kind of I, I like helping people just getting started and giving them some basic information and some some lifestyle habits as well that they can incorporate into their lives. And that's really what I do. That's really the biggest, the main part of my job. Perfect. So for those people who want to find out more about that, they can obviously head to your YouTube, which is Paleo Star. Um, they can yeah. find your website, which is paleostarblog.com, and they'll find out all the details about your health coaching there. Um, they can also follow yeah. you on Instagram, which is Paleo Star Blog on Instagram as well. Yes, um, yes on Instagram. So you might maybe you get a whole bunch yeah. of Australian clients now as well, Catalina. That'd be really cool. <laughs> yeah, that would be really nice. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you yeah. so much for coming on board today. It's been a fascinating conversation. It, it's so cool mm-hmm. to see what's happening with Paleo on the other side of the world in a totally different part of the world. So thanks for sharing your story with us. Thank you so much for, for having me. It was really nice talking to you. Absolute pleasure. So until next week, join the conversation on Facebook. 
give us a five-star rating on iTunes, join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com, and let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.